0: numbers, 877 Now, it's a national program, but a lot of these issues affect the whole nation, even when we talk about specific areas of the country, like Florida. This is a massive hurricane. It's massive in terms of wind, it's massive in terms of intensity, it's massive in terms of size. It's going to hit the west coast of Florida, they're not exactly sure where, but it's wind span is enormous. Florida has over 22 million people, it's now bigger than New York. It's right behind Texas. And When you're talking about cities like Tampa, in Orlando and as it moves east, you're talking about all these areas on the east coast. And obviously the worst part of a hurricane is when you're slammed by the heaviest of the winds and the rain and hurricanes within them, they have these tornadoes. And also you see the, uh, the waves can be 10, 15 feet high. Think about that. Slamming up on the beaches. And of course, they're talking now about a potential of a foot of rain in some areas, <clears throat> which is just really unimaginable. We shall see. We shall see. But when I look at the the breadth of this thing, they're talking about this massive tropical storm. A tropical storm is nothing to sneeze at either. You know, winds up to 100 miles an hour, massive amount of rain, and. Uh, it looks like, at least in part, as the hurricane hits the western part of the state, you're going to have huge swaths of tropical storms across the eastern part of the state as it moves through the heart of the, of the state. So that's how it's tracking right now. Um, I can tell you, uh, having a home there, having family there, Family still there, mostly on the east side. Um, What I do during the course of the year, and it'd be wise for people to do this, a lot of people living in Florida have never been through a hurricane. Millions of people now in Florida have never been through a hurricane in the last five years. The time to stock up on water and toilet paper and paper towels and batteries and flashlights and so forth is after hurricane season in other words during the part of the year when these things are widely available when i leave florida and i often do (coughs) excuse me between florida and virginia i fill up my car in florida and leave it in the garage so it's always ready to go and uh, if there are other things you need plywood and so forth and so on which doesn't do me any good but it may do other people Again, the time to get that is before circumstances like this. So I'm telling people this because there could be more hurricanes and they don't necessarily hit Florida. They could hit the Carolinas. They could hit the Northeast. Who knows? Who knows? So uh, as they track this, it's worth keeping an eye on it. The other thing I do is we have these big beach towels and bath house. One of the things that happens in a hurricane is you get the horizontal rain. It doesn't rain north to south. It rains horizontally because the winds are so massive. And even in the best-built homes, after about 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, the seals start to give on the windows and so forth. So you want to make sure you have towels or something as well as you know, the silver or black, I call it electrical tape. People call it other stuff just to have it. Then the other thing, of course, is a battery-operated radio or even a crank radio. And we put a lot of canned foods in the pantry. It's pretty much it. Best thing to do is get your ass out of there. But a lot of people can't do that. Particularly in areas that are not going to take a direct hit. So anyway, I'm just thinking out loud and speaking out loud about about these situations, which are, of course, quite frightening. They've had uh, tremendous progress in their housing codes in Florida over the years. Of course, that doesn't help you with a direct hit, but uh, most of these homes are built in the last 10 years or so to 170 mile an hour winds. Uh, At least that's what they say. That doesn't mean the roof will stay on. And of course, there are things you do in your home. If you're stuck in one of these things, you stay away from the windows, period. Not a lot of basements in Florida, because there's a lot of sand. So uh, Florida is the free estate. It's the freest place in the world, actually. And it is a beautiful place. And I happen to love the weather. I love the ocean, always have. But you need to be ready for ugly things. And every part of the country, you know, has different situations. Summer in Tornado Alley, all throughout the southeast. In the south, Tennessee, Alabama, so forth and so on. Some are more uh, vulnerable to earthquakes. Out in California, parts of the Midwest. Uh, Some are more vulnerable to flooding. We've seen those disasters, too. It has nothing to do with climate change. It's to do with the nature of nature. Nature. And, uh... We wish all of our fellow citizens the best. And uh, if you're caught in a thing, hunker down and get ready. Don't panic. Just think about the things you need, the things you need to do. Little things. If you have a porch or balcony, get everything off of it so they don't become, you know, airborne for you or anybody else. Beach chairs, beach umbrella, get them inside. All of them. Again, uh, won't do anybody any good tonight, but you should always have a first aid kit. We have one in every house. Doesn't mean we're going to do, you know, emergency surgery, but just in case, something. And uh, the most valuable thing you have is yourselves, your family, your pets and that's the primary concern governor DeSantis at a press conference today cut one go
1: There will be catastrophic flooding and life-threatening storm surge. And so if you're on Florida's Gulf Coast, uh, from Naples all the way through the Tampa Bay area and some of the counties north of that, uh, that could be something uh, that happens. If you're under an evacuation order, is evacuate to to higher ground uh, that is going to be safe from the type of surge and flooding.
0: And now it appears it's going to hit a little more south and a little bit more east cut to go
1: and our recommendation is is to heed those evacuation orders Uh, what those evacuation orders are doing is identifying people that live in areas that are vulnerable to major storm surge and that storm surge uh, can be life-threatening uh, there's certain things we can protect against in terms of the wind and the structures and we've got great building codes but when you have five to ten feet of storm surge uh, that is not something that that you want to be a, a part of and um, mother nature is a very fearsome uh, 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 adversary so please heed those warnings you do not need to evacuate to another state. You don't need to go hundreds of miles away. There's shelters that are open in all of these counties at this point. Uh, the important part of if you're under an evacuation order is evacuate to, to higher ground uh, that is going to be safe from the type of surge and flooding uh, that, that, we're, that we're fearing with this storm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then cut three, go.
1: Uh, Make sure you know your evacuation zones so you can find that at floridadisaster.org slash plan prepare floridadisaster.org disaster.org slash plan prepare and of course uh, if you are called upon uh, to, to evacuate uh, you know make sure you take care of your pets uh, don't leave your pets behind uh, when you when you're evacuating um, and, and you know there's pet friendly shelters there's there's things that can be done uh, to take to take care of pets we want to make sure so there is information uh, about planning for your pet uh, at floridadisaster.org forward slash plan prepare uh, we want to make sure that that we're we're taking care um, of our friends. Meanwhile,
0: I want you to hear this, America. Wherever you live, wherever you hear my program, I want you to hear this. From National Review, Dan McLaughlin. Picture the media reaction if a Republican president refused to talk to a Democratic governor who was facing a major hurricane. Actually, you don't have to imagine it. When Donald Trump was president, he called Puerto Rico Governor Ricardo Rossello about Hurricane Marie in 2017 and visited the island in October. But two years later, Rossello blasted Trump for not visiting the island to discuss its recovery. NBC News Blair Trump refuses meeting over hurricane relief. Puerto Rico governor says Rossello said the White House declined his request to meet the president directly without giving a reason. And Vanity Fair was harsher, Trump blames Puerto Rico for inconveniencing him with another potential hurricane, which, of course, is ridiculous. Ridiculous. So Trump actually did visit the island, but they were angry he didn't visit it again. Now, with Florida under threat from Hurricane Ian, the director of FEMA has spoken with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, but confirm that Joe Biden has not. Even though Biden has spoken to two Democratic mayors as well as a Republican mayor who's done appearances with Charlie Crist, DeSantis' Democratic opponent, Biden was planning to do an event of his own this week to help Crist campaign. As Business Insider notes, the silence is unusual. Quote, presidents and governors typically hold a phone call at a time of natural disasters so presidents can offer federal support and bipartisanship. And Biden last year was willing to meet with DeSantis following the Surfside building collapse. So this makes Biden look petty and small. Then again, perhaps this is really just an implicit concession that Biden isn't up to the call or is incapable of being of assistance. So ladies and gentlemen, it looks like a horrific natural disaster is going to befall the people of Florida. A state with 22 million American citizens. Cities large and small. And Joe Biden has not offered to call, or has not called the governor to offer assistance. Instead, he held his own brief press event at the White House, saying what he had directed FEMA to do. But in terms of actually talking to the governor to coordinate as presidents have done in every party regardless of the party of the governor regardless of the party the top political leader of a particular area Joe Biden has not now what do you think about that America what do you think about that and I want you to think about that And then we have Amy Klobuchar, who pretends to be a moderate, able to work with Republicans, wants to be the next president. She's on the Morning Joe show today, and here's what she says, cut five, go. We just did something about climate change for the first time in decades. That's why we've got to win this as that
3: hurricane bears down on Florida. We've got to win in the midterms. We understand that, but none of that has stopped us from deciding we're going to put our differences aside and get some things done.
0: Uh, that is a, a bizarre comment, but she sounds almost ecstatic about a hurricane hitting the state of Florida because these ideological extremists seem to believe that when we have bad natural tragedies and events it demonstrates that we have to destroy our economy and embrace their ideological faith climate change didn't she seem excited mr producer giddy i'll be right back Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today. At Levin for Hillsdale dot com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale dot com. You see, ladies and gentlemen, here's the deal. This is very, very important to understand. Whether it's an earthquake, whether it's a hurricane, any natural disaster, whether it's a virus whether it's you or Donald Trump or an economic system, people like Amy Clomacher are are deadhead ideologues. And nothing can disrupt the progressive plan, that is the Marxist plan. Whether it's mother nature, or economic reality, or national sovereignty, or safe streets, nothing is permitted to disrupt their plan. And their plan is to empower themselves, to rejigger the society, to social engineer to their heart's desire. Even they can't be clear what it is in the end. But this is how they think. And so anytime the weather, the climate can be used to their advantage, they're going to exploit it. And that's what Amy Klumacher did. She has no compassion. She has no heart. That's why there used to be stories about how she brutalized her staff. I'll be right back. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at Levin for levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at
2: 877-381-3811.
0: In many ways, the Federal Bureau of Investigation under the Department of Justice has become a form of Democrat Party Stasi. I say that with tremendous regret, having spent several years working at the Department of Justice in the Reagan administration, working very closely with two former directors of the FBI, and having many friends there, all of whom are retired now. But this is a different FBI. Those men would have stood up to what they're being forced to do, what they're being told to do, and apparently what they like to do. You see what they've done to the ex-president? And they're still doing it. You see what they've done to men and women who showed up at the rally on January 6th on the Capitol property? I'm talking about those who were not violent and didn't break a damn thing. Yet you've also seen how they've covered up for Joe and Hunter Biden. You see how they go after parents. You see their politicization. And we talked the other day about what they were doing to a a gentleman, a pro-life activist, a practicing Catholic. And there's more information to report to you this evening. As a reminder, we'll go to the Daily Signal, our friend Hans von Spakovsky, the Heritage Foundation. In an early morning raid Friday in Kintersville, Pennsylvania, <coughs> excuse me. about two dozen FBI agents with weapons drawn pounded on the door of Mark Houck's home, where he lives with his wife and seven children. The FBI agents arrested Houck based on a federal indictment. Sounds serious right? Is Halk a domestic terrorist, an American jihadist, a dangerous militia member, a violent felon, or someone with a prior history of violence toward law enforcement, who would require such an overwhelming show of force, not even close? Halk is a pro-life activist and president of the King's Men, a Catholic ministry. He's no prior criminal record. And he was arrested Friday morning for an alleged violation of the Federal Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, known as the FACE Act, as we've discussed. Again, sounds potentially serious, doesn't it? But given that the Obama-Biden administration's prior abuse of the FACE Act, as well as what we know already about the facts here, we have serious reasons to doubt that this is a legitimate case and prudent use of federal law enforcement resources. More likely, it's a politically motivated abuse of federal law by both the FBI and the Justice Department. It's not a coincidence, we suspect, that this takedown of someone who at best committed a misdemeanor assault, at best, came almost exactly three months after the Supreme Court issued its decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, which overruled Roe v. Wade and abortion on demand in America. The FBI's raid of Houck's home was designed to send a warning to pro-life activists engaging in activities protected by the First Amendment, the Bill of Rights of the Constitution. The FACE Act, 18 U.S.C. Section 248 forbids physically obstructing, injuring, intimidating, or interfering with anyone, quote, obtaining or providing reproductive health services. But Congress specified that the FACE Act doesn't, quote, prohibit any expressive conduct, including peaceful picketing or other peaceful demonstration, protected from legal prohibitions by the First Amendment to the Constitution, including the free speech or free exercise clauses occurring outside a facility. Now, Mr. Halk apparently would regularly drive two hours from his home to a Planned Parenthood clinic in Philadelphia to pray and speak outside the facility, often taking his 12-year-old son with him. The federal indictment claims that almost a year ago, Halk verbally confronted and shoved an escort for an abortion patient, quote, to the ground and, quote, intentionally injured, intimidated, and interfered with the escort. What the indictment fails to mention, say Halk's wife and a family spokesman, is that on multiple occasions, this pro abortion escort said crude, inappropriate, and disgusting things to the house, such as, Your dad's a fag, and other vulgar uh, slurs. This wasn't in the U.S. Department of Justice press release that my wife and I read 48 hours ago. Hal kept telling the escort to stop harassing his son, but the escort refused to stop, and when the foul mouthed vulgarian got too close to his son, Halk protected him by shoving the escort away. The escort fell down, but according to Hal's family, the only injury he suffered required a Band-Aid on his finger. The incident occurred October 21, 2021. The assault claim against Hal is so weak that not only did Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner, a Soros-backed rogue prosecutor, refuse to file any misdemeanor charges against Hal, But the family says a civil lawsuit filed by the escort was thrown out of court. So the D.A., who's a radical kook Sorosite, wouldn't bring criminal charges. And the civil case, the civil case that was brought against Mr. Houck was thrown out by a federal judge. Now, almost a year later, the FBI shows up at Houck's home in force. And the Justice Department charges him with two felonies. For an injury that required a band-aid. His conviction could result according to the Justice Department in a maximum penalty of, quote, 11 years in prison, three years of supervised release, and fines of up to $350,000. Of course, this is a working man who's got seven little kids and a wife. No doubt Halk's defense attorney will explore any and all defenses, starting with whether the man shoved by Halk even falls within the obtaining or providing requirement of the federal statute. You'll recall last evening, I said, and my wife had pointed this out, that this statute doesn't even apply. Because the so-called volunteer escorting the, I'll call her, the victim into the abortion clinic, he wasn't getting or he wasn't obtaining or providing an abortion. It, it, it also may be a clear case of self-defense, since Huck apparently was defending his 12-year-old son from an adult who was harassing and intimidating a minor. Now the fact is, the Justice Department under Democratic administrations has a history of misusing this law, the FACE Act, to go after abortion opponents. In 2012, for example, a federal judge in Florida tossed out a FACE Act indictment against Mary Susan Pine a pro-life activist who had been conducting peaceful sidewalk counseling outside an abortion clinic for years. The judge excoriated the Justice Department for the behavior of its lawyers, saying that the indictment seemed to be, quote, the product of a concerted effort between the government and the abortion clinic to quell Miss Pine's activities rather than to enforce the statute. Now, we've seen this kind of collusion by Meritless Garland and his thugs before with the National School Boards Association, against parents out there who dared to protest at school board meetings. The timing of this indictment of Halk also is suspect and calls into question the motive behind the Justice Department's move. If this situation played out the way the Justice Department claims, even viewed in the light, most favorable to the government, at best, two minor incidents of misdemeanor assault. Not two felonies. It's significant that local authorities, including the Philadelphia District Attorney, decided not to file charges against Houck. It means that for whatever reason, they didn't even think Hal's conduct warranted a misdemeanor assault charge, but le- much less the two felony charges he now faces, two federal felony charges. Most likely, the local authorities didn't file charges upon examining the facts it was, at best, a case of mutual combat in which two adults got out of hand and ended up in a minor scuffle. In such cases, typically neither party is charged and the case goes away. If this was such an important violation of the FACE Act, what took the Justice Department 337 days to indict Halk? This is the simplest of simple factual cases. Houck either pushed the escort twice unprovoked or he didn't. Perhaps the more important number is 91. That's how many days elapsed between the day the Supreme Court issued its decision in the Dobbs case and Houck's indictment. Or maybe it's 49, the number of days between and indictment in the midterm elections. And why did the Justice Department decide to send armed FBI agents to Halx's house in a show of force? Halka' has no criminal record, he's a man of deep faith, he's the father of seven children, he's no threat whatsoever. Contrast this prosecution with the fact that vandals physically have attacked and damaged roughly 70 pro-life pregnancy centers, which also are protected under the FACE Act's definition of a facility that, quote, provides reproductive health services, unquote. So why hasn't the Department of Justice filed a single-face act indictment against anyone for those crimes? Real crimes. Real felonies. Why not? Clearly the leadership of the FBI and the Justice Department should be asked these and other important questions surrounding this case, as well as their lack of action against real threats. They should be asked about the propaganda that they push out, under the Department of Justice letterhead in their press releases that leave out facts that they give to the media the American Pravda media from the Democrat Stasi formerly known as the FBI. Shocking and it's disgusting. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Lubin.
0: Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at LevinForHillsdale.com That's Levin L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, my opening statement on uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday which reflects a broader discussion of what we've discussed here on radio even before then was meant as a starting point not an ending point, in our discussion about the American Marxists and the Democrat Party. And I have said over and over again that the Democrat Party is evil, evil. And it is evil. I've said over and over again that the Democrat Party does not endorse Americanism. And it doesn't. It doesn't endorse constitutionalism. And it doesn't. It doesn't endorse American sovereignty, and it doesn't. It doesn't embrace capitalism, and it doesn't. It doesn't believe in the nuclear family, and it doesn't. It doesn't believe in real science. Real science, not political science, behavioral science, psychological science. Real science, and it doesn't. Look at late-term abortion and infanticide that the Democrats have supported. This party is an evil party, and it has its evil mouthpieces in the media. The American product that has gone along with the Democrat Party for 100 years, and especially now, well, there's very few voices in the so-called corporate media, very few. And where there's a couple, like Fox and AON, Newsmax and so forth, they try to destroy them. They try to make it impossible, impossible for people to even access them. The world on Fox now is to get them removed from the cable platforms, not just to attack their advertisers. And they've done a good job with that at OAN, where they attack them on satellite coverage. Because this is the nature of the enemy. Nothing is to disrupt their radical plans. Nothing. Certainly not a constitution. Certainly not a constitution. But I want to talk to minorities who might be listening in the audience right now, many of whom do listen in the audience. You've been hoodwinked by the Democrat Party for a hundred years. For a hundred years. The Democrat Party was never the party of civil rights. Never. The major civil rights bills in American history were supported by the Republicans. Even 1964 and 65, without the Republicans, there would have been no civil rights bills. 1957, 1960, Eisenhower's civil rights bills. The civil rights bills after the Civil War. The Democrat Party resisted and resisted and resisted Reconstruction, equality, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. It fought in the Supreme Court. It fought in the streets. The Democrat Party would not even reject lynching, famously at its 1924 Democrat Convention in New York. Where the Klan made a big showing. They couldn't even reject lynching. And in fact, when spared by Republicans and some Democrats, but mostly Republicans, to have a federal anti-lynching law in 1940 and earlier in 1936, Franklin Roosevelt refused to support either one. You didn't know that, did you? He refused to support either one. He was afraid he might lose his support in the South. He was desperate to win a third term in 1940. Even Lyndon Johnson, right up until 1957, hadn't voted for a single civil rights piece of legislation for the overwhelming majority of his time in the House and in the Senate. Then in 1957, when Eisenhower was pushing his Civil Rights Act, He went to the White House, told Eisenhower he will block it with the filibuster if they don't water it down. But he also wanted to be seen as supporting it because he wanted to run for president in 1960, which he did. In the Democrat primary, he lost to Kennedy. Kennedy would pick him as his VP. 1957... Johnson knew that if he had any chance of being president, he'd have to reverse course, but he didn't completely reverse course, he played both sides. And we have a lot of audio, and we have a lot of first-hand witnesses who told us what a racist he was. In the end, he supported the 64 and 65 acts, but he was a racist nonetheless. His personal behavior and conduct, that's the Democrat Party. And among the most racist of the movements in the last hundred years was and has been the so-called progressive movement. With its ties to the Confederacy, with its ties obviously in promotion by Franklin Roosevelt and so much more. Oh, am I shocking you? I'll be right back.
1: Uh, so I have not personally spoken with the president, but the FEMA has approved our pre-landfall request. Uh, we've had Gracia here, uh, really, from since the weekend. Uh, Gracia's been here; she's always around here, and so so we feel like we have a good relationship uh, with FEMA. Um, you know, I'm happy to, to to brief the president if he's interested um, in hearing what we're doing in Florida. You know, my view on all this is like, you know, you got people's lives at stake, you got their property at stake, uh, and we don't have time for pettiness. We got to work together to make sure we're doing the best job for them so so my my phone my phone line is open and we're happy but we are we do appreciate the quick approval of the pre-landfall declaration folks you need
0: to understand and i know you do but some people don't if you really understand what we're dealing with here they want desantis to fail that's what they want you heard how giddy amy klobuchar was trying to tie this into the democrats and climate change. We've had Democrats a long time in this country. They've had a lot of power for a long time. Obama had eight years. This guy Biden was in the Senate for 36 years. He served with Obama for eight years. He's been president two years. We had Clinton for eight years. Has the weather gotten better? Has the climate gotten better? Do they take responsibility for anything? Schumer's been in the Senate and the House What is it now? Over 30 years? Pelosi, another one? Over 30 years? They act like they're all observers. They've had the levers of power forever. They run the Environmental Protection Agency. They run the Interior Department. They run it all. They run the universities and colleges. They run the various science operations in the federal government and in the Universities and colleges, what's, what's, what's the issue? The issue is they're full of crap. That's the issue. Amy Klobuchar has never been a governor. She sits on her fat butt and pontificates about everyone else while she's abusing her staffers. That's right. I remember when they used to take those surveys, don't you, Mr. Producer? when she was accused of being the worst employer on Capitol Hill up there next to Jackson Lee out of Houston, who also abused the hell out of her staffers. But I want to get back to this point. I think it's an important point. This movement that grew out of the late 1800s and early 1900s, this so-called progressive movement that gave us Wilson, that gave us... Among others, FDR, they gave us Wilson's Freedom Agenda, as he called it, FDR's New Deal. These men were flat-out racists and bigots, and bigots. FDR really didn't lift a finger for blacks in America. Or barely lifted a finger. That's the truth. And wouldn't take on other bigots in his party. It's the same thing with Asian Americans, Japanese Americans in specific. He had said things and written things in 1923, 24, 25, 26. You see, folks, I do my research. That's what I do. Mark, what do you do for a hobby? That's what I do. And then the backbenchers can clean up with their uh, pick up the crumbs. But that's the facts. He wrote viciously about Asians, that Asians and Europeans couldn't mix. Shouldn't mix. You didn't hear this, did you? You didn't hear this on Ken Burns' documentary, did you? Maybe there ought to be a Mark Levin documentary. That's right. So when he rounded up Japanese Americans, 70,000 of whom were citizens out of the 120,000, he didn't have a scintilla of evidence. That any of them were anything but loyal to America. He wasn't rounding up 120,000 Germans or Italians or Iraq. No. And then the Jews. The Jews. Why did he reduce the level of legal immigration at the height of the extermination of the Jews? Why did he reduce the level of legal immigration, to about 1,300 when he had 200,000 slots. Why did he do that? Because Jews and Jewish organizations were begging him to take in Jews, and he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Many of you have read the book or seen the movie The Exodus. It's about the St. Louis. The St. Louis was bouncing around. It had about 800 Jews on there who escaped from Nazi Germany. If they returned, they would be surely murdered. And they went to Havana, Cuba, among other places. They wouldn't take them. And they wanted to come into the United States. And the Virgin Islands were prepared to take them. Well, what happened, Mark? Well, first of all, they got to the United States, and Roosevelt said no. They wanted to go to the Virgin Islands, and Roosevelt said no. 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 All that was covered up by the New York Times and the Washington Post. All of it was covered up by the Democrat Party media, the same media we have to deal with today. He insisted that the media downplay the Holocaust, which it did. The New York Times, the Washington Post, and all the rest of it. All of it. People always wondered why. We had bombers over there. Why didn't they bomb the railroad tracks? bringing in the jews and others into auschwitz and these other death camps why didn't they bomb the railroad tracks well because we couldn't reach them or we had other targets this is what pro roosevelt pro new deal historians write or documentary documentary producers produced. They had bombed oil fields around Auschwitz. They could have easily bombed the the, uh, train tracks. He wouldn't do it. And so we have this documentary, six hours, three parts I guess, that PBS puts on which is filled with lies to cover for FDR in part even the Holocaust Museum in part covers for FDR the media cover for FDR the media cover for themselves their atrocious history disgusting history whether it's Stalin or Hitler or Castro what have you particularly the New York Times and particularly the Washington Post especially them And the Democrat Party wants credit for fighting bigotry and racism. They want credit. They're the party of the people, don't you know? Now, of course, there's some Republicans who have the same mindset, but that's different from a party that is systemically and malignantly the force behind these various movements. The force behind these various movements. Standing in the schoolhouse doors, as were Republicans. No, there was the Democrats. And so today, if you don't support a radical Marxist agenda that will destroy our country for everybody. Or if you reject this idea that America is a is a horrific place that we've not made any progress. Now you're the racist, you see. So what they've done is they've they've kind of switched. They jumped on the bandwagon of fighting racism that the Republicans led. Lincoln on forward. They claim Lincoln as a real Democrat. They lie about FDR. They used to lie about Woodrow Wilson up to about a few years ago. They lie about Joe Biden's early career when his mentors included James Eastland, probably the greatest racist and segregationist in the Senate. When he came into the Senate, he was out of Mississippi. And Biden wasn't just friends with these guys. Biden supported their anti-integration policies for public schools. He supported them. I said he supported them. He helped write them. Right, Maggie Haberman as you're chasing down Donald Trump. Don't you think this is relevant, Maggie? Don't you think this is relevant, CNN? Don't you think this is relevant? No, of course not. They've got to protect these so-called progressives, a.k.a. these Marxists. They have to protect them. They have to protect the Democrat Party. Because in the, end, in the end, they hate America, too. And in the end, they hate the Constitution, too. And in the end, they think you're a bunch of nimrods that need to be led by your nose. As you know, a bigger percentage of Republicans voted for the 1964 civil rights than Democrats. A bigger percentage of Republicans voted for the 1965 voting rights than Democrats. And they're going to say, that's because of the South. Excuse me. Franklin Roosevelt wasn't from the South. All the members of the Democrat Party weren't from the South. There's a guy called McAdoo, horrendous, Woodrow Wilson's son-in-law. He was from California. Racism was a huge part of Darwinism, a huge part of early so-called progressivism. And it went on for a hundred years in this country, a hundred years. Now when you hear hosts on TV, many of them are minorities, trashing white people, white privilege, white this, white that That's the same mentality out of the same ideology with different groups attacking other groups. Again, this is my point. It's not about Americanism and equality, And, and these said, "No. They just change labels, they change uniforms. And it's the same evil hate, just different groups. Different groups. Look at the anti-Semitism in the Democrat party. You want me to name names? I've named names before, starting with Obama and down the list. Look at it, it's incredible. You don't hear anybody attacking that but me. You don't hear Democrats attacking Democrats over it. You don't see the media calling them out. No, they celebrate these people. They celebrate AOC. She's an anti-Semite. She hates America. She's a Marxist. So from going from fascism to Marxism, it isn't exactly progress, is it? It's not exactly evolution, is it? No, it's not. Look at this abortion issue. This is the key issue for the Democrats abortion eugenics was among the key issue for the Democrats over a hundred years ago listen to me I'm telling you the truth. Eugenics was part and parcel of the so-called progressive movement remember they want to rejigger society they believe in social engineering that's right as Margaret Sanger said to get rid of the idiots and the morons. The handicap and blacks who just can't seem to catch up with whites, you know. If we had truth in education and truth in the media, our country wouldn't be unraveling like this. But the problem is, education and the media are part are part of that movement, hook line and sinker. The sanctimony is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Abortion on demand, even in the last minute? The black population is 12 to 13% of the overall population, over 30% of the abortions. I read, can't remember the exact place, but at least in two places, that Planned Parenthood has its abortion. Operations. 79% of them in minority neighborhoods. So why aren't the white leftists, Marxists, calling this out? Well, they didn't call it out 100 years ago. Why would they call it out today? All right, I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to pure talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone, Bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com, select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to Puretalk.com and a promo code LEVINPODCAST to switch to my company, Pure Talk.. The New York Times is so thoroughly poisonous and cancerous. It's got blood on its hands throughout its history. It is a fraudulent, phony, corrupt corporation. It doesn't bring you the truth. When racism was in, it brought you racism. When anti Semitism was in, it brought you anti Semitism. When Marxism is in, it brings you Marxism. The New York Times hits Republicans for deceptive, racially divisive messaging on crime. Christine Parks writes at Fox News a few hours ago, the New York Times took issue with Republicans blaming Democrats for a rise in crime. Calling GOP election ads deceptive and racially divisive in its Tuesday coverage of the midterms. Now, why would it be racially divisive, Mr. Producer? What are they implying? Are they implying that you call out crime and therefore you're calling out minorities? Is that what the New York Times is implying? Times reporters Lisa Lair and Jonathan Weissman Acknowledged spikes in crime Remain a pressing concern for voters this November But they claimed Republicans Had intensified their focus to capitalize On some voters' fears about safety With campaign ads full of Violent imagery and sometimes deceptive Or racially divisive messaging We don't need lectures from the New York slimes that's been in the back pocket of the Democrat Party since slavery. We don't need lectures from the New York Times, that was in the back pocket of Joseph Stalin. We don't need lectures from the New York Times, that was in the back pocket of the Third Reich. We don't need lectures from the New York Times, that was in the back pocket of Fidel Castro. We don't need lectures from these bastards about what's going on in America. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to pure talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone, Bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas, and Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST to switch to my company, Pure Talk.
1: If Mark has banned you from the show, we have a special number you can call to reach him, 877-381-3811.
0: You're simply not going to get this kind of information from anyone else, and the reason is I dig. I look. I read. People take off, they do this, they do that, they do the other thing. This is what I do. This is what I've always done. Democrat Party wants to talk about race. Let's talk about race. They'll come back. Well, what about Social Security and Medicare and all the great things the New Deal created? What does that have to do with treating human beings like human beings? You know, you could have Social Security and Medicare... Without the racism that came with it. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Nothing. And ask yourselves today. We've had a black president for eight years. We had Clinton for eight years. You've got Biden now. Has the lot... Of minorities in America improved? No, they've worsened with inflation, with the price of gasoline, with crime, horrendous crime, particularly in black and other minority neighborhoods. That should be the focus of the New York Times piece on the Democrats. But no, they're not going to do that. They haven't endorsed a Republican for over half a century. What do you expect them to do? They're corrupt. I use the New York Times as a foil. It's wow, look what they said. We better change our views. The same morons who write for the editorial page there are morons that they've had throughout most of their corporate history. It's well understood. You want to live the way the New York Times wants you to live? Move to San Francisco. You'll love it. You'll love it. They don't even know how to run a damn newspaper. They had to be bailed out, let alone a country. It's an amazing thing. With their journalism degrees. With their Democrat Party membership. That's so all they have. Stupid people. Maggie Haberman. She writes books about gossip. Nothing substantive, nothing serious. And then makes these pronouncements. About Trump. It's her whole life. She's obsessed with Trump. Maybe she's romantically obsessed with him. I don't know. Seems like it. A lot there to write about on Biden. All his corruption. The family. Over $30 million in foreign money. Maggie, I know it's a tougher story to write. Because you're a hack. You to look into it. And by the way, don't be fooled by CNN. They're hard left and they're staying hard left. They moved this city of Darcy. What's his name? What's his name? I don't remember, Mr. Producer, but he was the sidekick, the stelter. So he gets stelter show. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. They've really changed. Nah, he's an a-hole, too. They're not changing a damn thing over there. I see Chris Wallace got his ass kicked again. Isn't it a time for him to retire? Where do ex-journalists go? Oh, to the White House. I forgot. You know, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve our great country. Right, Mr. Producer? But we don't do that anymore. Instead, we do the opposite. Not us. You know what I mean. So the New York Times said, don't, don't worry about the, the crime. As people are fleeing their homes and businesses, as you watch video. Yeah, yeah, Just worry about the systemically racist cops, you know. New York Times hits the Republicans for deceptive racially divisive messaging. Took issue with Republicans blaming Democrats for a rise in crime, calling GOP election ads deceptive and racially divisive in its coverage of the midterms today. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it want, it's desperately, desperately seeking to defeat the Republicans. Remember, I started off this program by saying they will fight anything, anyone, any group, any force that pushes back against their so-called progressive, a.k.a. Marxist plans, whether it's temporary or permanent. Donald Trump wasn't supposed to get elected. They had their plans in place, and he disrupted it. He's got to go. He's got to be crushed, never to be seen again. Times reporters, Lisa Lair and John Weissman, acknowledge spikes in crime remain a pressing concern for voters this November. But they claim Republicans had intensified their focus to capitalize on some voters' fears about safety. No, I think all voters' fears about safety. With campaign ads full of violent imagery. Well, were they made up? And sometimes deceptive or racially divisive messaging. Some of the advertising contains thinly disguised appeals to racist fears like grainy footage of Black Lives Matter protesters. What, they want picture-perfect visions of the Black Lives Matter protesters? I mean, that can be accomplished, too. The full picture on crime rates is nuanced, they say. Oh, really? You have a criminal, put them in prison. No, no, you don't understand. They went on to cite data from the Council on Criminal Justice. Gee, that doesn't sound like a left-wing group, which found murder and gun assaults in major cities remained 40% higher than they were pre-pandemic, and robberies posted double-digit increases. Not disputing the rise in crime, the Times authors continue to claim GOP political ads were using race to stir up fear. You know, you mean like the Democrats have done since their very existence? They label an ad against Wisconsin Senate candidate Mandela Barnes, who is a radical, pro-criminal leftist, as having racial overtones. He's black, so if you criticize him, it has racial overtones, you see. The ad called Barnes different and dangerous for wanting to end cash bail after a suspect out on low bail plowed through a Christmas parade in the state last year. Remember that? It's a mass killer. The ad ends with Barnes standing alongside members of the progressive squad. The Times journalist wrote his supporters called the ad racist. His supporters called the ad racist? Well, I call you guys a-holes, so... Earlier this summer, a New York Times podcast cast doubt on voters' concerns about safety and rising crime. The argument host, Jane Coaston, claimed that New York City was in many ways safer than a lot of small towns. As their fellow Times journalist, Alex Kingsbury, claimed it was more dangerous to drive a car anywhere than walk down a street in a bad area of Chicago. That's pretty sick. Now, of course, they'll never do that. They'll never do that. All the people who've been maimed and killed. All the slaughter going on. Look how the white and black establishment left for the New York Times. Dismisses it all. Downplays it all. Thinks you're so dumb. And that's the nature of the Marxist. You're so dumb you won't even realize what's going on in your own communities. With your own families and friends and acquaintances with businesses. I mean, these cities are being depopulated. Anyone who can get out is getting out. Anyone who can't get out, well, they're stuck. They're stuck. These cities aren't bristling with massive population growth. It's quite the opposite. And notice, there's not a single blue state that's actually growing. Not one. There's not a single major city that's actually growing. Not one. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why. White House press secretary Corinne Jambier had no answer when asked by Fox News' the deuce that President Biden thought the US cities were safe. She mumbled and bumbled. And gibberish poured out, as you might expect. The answer is no, they're not safe. They're not safe. Which is why people are leaving them and cops don't want to work there anymore. That's the truth. You won't get the truth from the New York slums, will you, Mr. Producer? We'll be right back. Mark
1: lovin'.
0: The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to pure talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone, Bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select a plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to Puretalk.com and a promo code LEVINPODCAST podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. This damn hurricane. The trajectory changed, again a little bit. It's going further south and east, Mr. Producer. Further south and east, Sarasota area and below. All the areas around it, obviously, will be affected. But further south and east means a lot of people who didn't leave or may not have been as prepared may get whacked. So this is going to be quite devastating. When you look at these videos, I mean, Key West is right at the point, but when you look at that and others, there's already flooding taking place. Now, they're talking about rain of 15 to 25 inches, even for areas that may not get a direct hit from this hurricane. I want you to think about that, a foot or two feet of rain. And I want you to think about the rain, again, it's not going to fall top down, it's going to fall mostly horizontally, pounding and pounding away at the doors and the windows and the roof. Anything that's vulnerable will be affected It'll be exploited by the rain, by the water. <clears throat> On the shorelines, imagine waves hitting the shore at 10 or 15 feet high. A lot of houses can't withstand that. That potential exists. Look, if it turns out not to be that way, that's fantastic. But I and others have a responsibility to suggest it may well turn out that way. And people need to be thinking about this, and I know they are. It's frightening. I gave a number of thoughts at the beginning of the first hour. Some additional thoughts I would have is fill up your bathtub with water. Fill it up with water. Uh, Just in case, you never know. just sitting here thinking of different things I would be doing right now if I were there. Now, I go between Florida and Virginia. If I were in Florida, that's what I would be doing. I'm sure the airlines have relocated their planes and their jets all across the state of Florida because they don't want to lose them all. Uh, But that's how big this thing is. Boats, I don't know what the hell you do with a boat. We have 10 or 15 foot waves other than do the very best you can. I think due in part to this program, highlighting it, apparently President Biden spoke this evening with Governor DeSantis to discuss the steps the federal government is taking to help Florida prepare for Hurricane Ian. The president of the Governor committed to continue close coordination. So I wanted to mention that that has been posted by the president's press secretary at 7.47 p.m. About 10 minutes ago. This program is important, particularly under cases and circumstances like this, where we highlighted that Biden had not spoken to DeSantis, really, right in the first hour. These things do circulate, things do get back. And it's very important that the president do that. Because, you know, the people of Florida are federal taxpayers, too. They're federal citizens, too, just like all the rest of us. And these are the circumstances in which you expect a president of the United States to step up. I mentioned the other night, I didn't hear a damn thing you did about Puerto Rico. He didn't really talk about it. He said some things today, but media haven't really covered it. You know, they're busy on Donald Trump. And that's the end of the world and the beginning of the world for them But there are major events taking place in this country And this is certainly one of them As far as i'm concerned as far as all of you are concerned And i'm waiting for the new york times to write a piece about how the democrats are already amy klobuchar saying vote democrat we oppose climate change and You can see what happens with a hurricane. We have what appears to be sabotage of one of the intercontinental oil lines that Russia has built. uh, Probably sabotage by Putin. Uh, This is the second of two oil pipes. Or as the press secretary would say, the Nordstrom oil pipes. This is Nordstrom two. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, it's leaking. It's not fully active, but it's leaking. And some of these countries took a look at it, Denmark and others, and said they believe there was sabotage, meaning Putin is trying to starve Europe of energy. I don't want to hear from the Putinoids speaking from their hemorrhoids anymore. They they, they sound like they're morons like they're morons we will continue to monitor this this hurricane that's going to affect i think a lot more than florida as it work its way up the coast and uh... in the nation watches Uh, we also have a terrific candidate who's running for the senate out of washington state who's making a real game out of that race Her name is Tiffany Smiley. We will have her in Hour 3, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. It's our power hour, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read The Secret War on Cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So, you need to read The War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. This War on Cash is growing daily. And also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret World Cash free to my listeners by calling now 800 630 1492, 800
1: 630 1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here.
0: Bloomberg, hunger is spreading among Americans with steady but low paying jobs, reversing President Joe Biden's early success, they write, in cutting food scarcity by nearly a third, and threatening to worsen as the country teeters on the brink of recession. Nursing aides, maintenance workers, store clerks, and roofers are among the Americans already turning to food banks for help the consequence of political opposition to the administration's effort to extend temporary pandemic benefits, and a spike in inflation that has been especially hard on families near the precipice of poverty. So we're not spending enough money? Isn't that what caused all this in the first place? You know, folks, the economy was bustling. It was about to break out, started to break out. We have the lowest unemployment rates for every sector of our economy. And then the Democrats come in, and they spend like drunken Marxists. They make all kinds of promises. And now we have a significant number of our people who can't eat. And that's because we don't have more benefits. The situation threatens to worsen as the Federal Reserve raises interest rates. And why are they raising interest rates? Because the Democrats keep spending. And the economy slows with private forecasters now predicting a 50% chance of recession over the next 12 months. We're in a recession, you idiots. This is the economic backdrop for Biden's high-profile White House event Wednesday, committing the nation to ending hunger by 2030. What is this, a joke, this news article? Biden gives a speech committing the nation to ending hunger by 2030. We're going to end fossil fuels by 2035. We're going to end cancer by 2032. Why? Because he says so? Mary Mar- Matt McManus, a 44-year-old discount store cashier, who lives outside Scranton in a small town, Jessup, Pennsylvania. I've been to Jessup. Said she's been kept awake at night, choosing between making utility payments, buying gas for the car, and purchasing groceries. Welcome to Biden's America, ma'am. She and her husband, a tree trimmer, fell behind on utility payments this year after they stopped receiving monthly child tax credit payments that expired in December. Inflation swelled the cost of household essentials, she said. Well, it's interesting how this article doesn't explain how much money has gone to left wing groups, how much money has gone to relatively wealthy college graduate students? How much money has gone to subsidize massive corporations that promised to build solar and so forth? How much money has been redistributed to those types of people and worse? Isn't it interesting she doesn't talk about that in this article? I don't mean the lady. I mean the the writer People like McManus and her family will be among the most vulnerable if the economy Tips into recession, said Alex Gouldworth, Director of Family Economic Security Policy at the Washington Center for Equitable Growth. See who the media go to? The whole thing about equitable growth is the problem. You just need growth. That's what you need. So Biden is gathering anti-hunger advocates, state and local officials, and food company representatives for a White House conference on hunger. Biden said he was committed to taking bold steps that are going to help end hunger and will lay out a plan to achieve the goal. How much you want to bet it involves spending an enormous amount of money with, a, with more Washington programs? How much you want to bet? How much you want to bet it includes increasing the minimum wage, which means so many people will never get jobs if you increase the minimum wage any further. How much you want to bet? There's more of the same crap and then they say this, in office he acted quickly as $1.9 trillion COVID relief package stimulated the economy, bolstered the middle class, and temporarily strengthened safety net programs for the poor. Is this news or is this a cheerleading propaganda piece? That $1.9 trillion is what's caused all this problem, a quarter of a billion of which is bouncing around all over the place. People don't even know where it is. Hunger in America plunged, they say, at the start of the Biden's term. I, I can't even read this anymore. I can't even read it. This is Bloomberg. We have more people who are hungry today, and they act like Biden isn't even president today. Because all the massive spending has ended. First of all, the massive spending has not ended. It goes on and on and on. Nearly 70% of Americans are looking for extra work to combat inflation. This is from CNBC. Jennifer Liu. A few months ago, Mike Petrie noticed an alarming pattern. His bank account would get uncomfortably low on the weekends before he'd get his paycheck paid bi-weekly on Wednesdays despite no changes to their daily habits. Bills for him and his family of five skyrocketed. A $120 weekly grossly bill ballooned to $200. A $50 gas tank refill doubled to nearly $100 per top to top off and that's it. A couple of times we've had to put our groceries on a Discover card to make sure we had food for the week, he said. He's 45. He lives in Louisville, Kentucky. Works for a credit card processor. He's noticed other essential costs like utility bills have gone up in the last year too. He says he and his wife who works as an activities director at a nursing home make decent money used to be able to cover all their needs comfortably just months ago but with skyrocketing inflation which rose to 8.3 percent year over year in August that's no longer the case starting this week Petrie will work his full-time job during the week as a part-time cashier at Lowe's on the weekends. Petrie's just one of many Americans responding to inflation by working extra hours applying to second jobs And finding gig work to make ends meet. Cutting costs just isn't enough. Nearly 70% of Americans, 70% of Americans are looking for extra work to combat inflation, according to more than 1,000 full time workers, part time workers, and unemployed workers surveyed by Blue Crew, a workforce as a service platform. Already 85% of Americans said they've changed their spending habits due to inflation. 72% said it's impacted the way they view their job. 57% have sought out new or additional roles in the past year. Rapid inflation is forcing people to look at not only how they're spending their money, but also how they're earning their money. Many cases, those looking for work already log 40 hours during the week and are picking up extra shifts or gig work on nights and weekends. Others taken in additional work include people who hold hourly jobs and want more hours with another company or parents who have caregiving needs during the week and need to work weekends while a partner or family member can provide care. High inflation and economic concerns could already be driving a rebound in labor force participation rates and so forth. So Biden brags about all the people working. What he doesn't explain is why all the people are having to do more than one job or multiple jobs. That he doesn't explain. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want more of this, then vote Democrat. If you want more of this, vote Democrat. We didn't have this two years ago. We didn't have it two years ago. This is really a disgrace. I'll be right back.
1: Mark
0: by the way a quick update on this hurricane ian it's expected to his, hit the gulf coast of florida as a category four That's 130 to 156 miles per hour, catastrophic damage, Uh, lots of structural damage, and um, Matt, this is a big damn hurricane. That's what it is. I'm not hyping it is what it is, Uh, and better to be safe than sorry, as they say. We have a wonderful candidate on the uh, program now. She's the Republican Senate candidate in the state of Washington, actually has a shot at winning that seat. Tiffany Smiley, how are you?
3: I'm good, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Now, tell us about this race in Washington State. We, You know, a lot of people haven't been watching this as closely as perhaps they should.
3: Yes, it's, it's exciting. You know, I launched 17 months ago because I knew that's what it would take um, to win this race. I'm a political outsider. I've never run for office before, but our family certainly has built from the ground up. Um, I know the power of building coalitions and coming together for one purpose and one cause and what you can accomplish in that. So I knew exactly how to tackle it. I wanted to get out and listen to the voters all across Washington State. I've been in all 39 counties, many of them multiple times, you know, listening to the voters. And you know, Mark, a year ago when I first got out and was listening to the great people of Washington State, they were worried about the rising cost of living gas prices, fentanyl crisis, crime, our children's education. And unfortunately, over the last year, it's only gotten worse with no plan in sight. Um, We have derailed at every turn. Um, And then from a national security perspective, um, a lot of independents started jumping ship with the Biden-Murray agenda with the failed departure out of Afghanistan and showing extreme weakness on the world stage. Um, and we have a message that resonates. It's, you know, I, I really, when I was listening to your opening, driving liberal elites crazy with common sense. <laughs> mm. That's why we're winning at the end of the day in Washington State, Mark.
0: And your opponent is an old-time leftist who pretty much does what she's told by the democrat leaders in washington dc i don't even know how often she gets back to washington state in non-election years but uh she really when when you look at what's going on in this country when you look at the the economy turned inside out the borders a disaster the value of the, the currency people on pensions the the crime that's going through the roof. You look at all of this. She's voted for every damn piece of it.
3: You're exactly right. You know, I remind the voters. Well, In fact, the voters even tell me, you know, that she C-SPAN doesn't lie. And she went on the Senate floor of June of 2020, and she called for funds to be diverted away from our police force, and then she went into hiding because that was the prevailing message for D.C., right? That's what worked for Washington, D.C. for that time. And we have watched our beautiful city crumble under crime. We have, you know, Washington State. is Yeah, we're ranked the lowest in the nation for officers per capita. Um, And Uh in 2021, we had the highest recorded murder rate since stats were even kept in 1980. Uh And, And Patty Murray just disappeared. You know, people are saying, Tiffany, we haven't heard from her until she came out attacking me. She came out attacking me. Negative ads in June. Two months prior to the primary. Mm
0: -hmm. What is she running on? Just attacking you?
3: Just attacking me. You're exactly right, Mark. And that's why, you know, voters who maybe haven't made up their mind, I just asked them, I said, you know, go to our website at smileyforwashington.com. You will see my whole agenda for recovery and reform. You'll see my ideas on how we can turn crisis into hope and how I will deliver results when I get into the Senate. When you go to Patty Murray's website, you see, well, nothing, because she's actually running on no agenda, no platform, because she's a rubber stamp for Joe Biden. She just goes along with what they tell her to do. And it has cost us greatly here in Washington state, Um, even most recently, you know, Washington Post uh, this morning actually gave her four Pinocchios. They called her out because if she had it her way, um, she would make sure that Medicare, you know, that seniors had no prescription drugs covered uh, uh, at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's funny because she's running attack ads against me saying I'm the threat to Social Security. Mm -hmm. People are waking up to this, Mark.
0: Well, she is claiming, and Biden does the same thing that you and the republicans want to end social security medicare now how insane do you think people are buying that argument trying to scare people into that
3: well they're not now because we have her track record and it's very public and very open and i have been clear from the beginning that i i will not touch benefits for people who are receiving or near to receiving social security But, you know, it's a typical them try to scare seniors every two years, run ads and and try to earn their vote. We are no longer in that place anymore. You know, we need leaders who will actually go deliver solutions, who aren't afraid to work across the aisle. It's like Reagan and Tip O'Neill. Go get the work done. Deliver the results. Stop scaring people. That's not what this country is based on. It's certainly not. Why my husband lost his eyesight serving our country we we're fighting for life liberty and the pursuit of happiness i certainly had to do that for my husband when he had no voice Um, and our family is honored to serve this country we will do that for every single washingtonian when we win this november well tell
0: the american people a little bit about your background and your husband and so forth
3: Yes, I'm a farm girl who born and raised in Washington state. And, uh, you know, I often joke, I, I was a nurse, always wanted to be a nurse. First in my family to graduate with a bachelor's in science degree, married my high school sweetheart, who was a newly commissioned officer from the United States military academy. He was an officer. I was a nurse. My new last name was Smiley. Um, it doesn't get very much more American dreamish than that. And in some mm-hmm. regard, thought I had achieved it, but all of that changed. Um, you know, at 23 years old when um, I received the horrific phone call that forever changed our lives, changed my husband's life. I took a one-way flight out to Walter Reed Army Medical Center, resigned from my nursing job, had student loan debts, had a car payment, and walked into his trauma care unit where he had tubes coming out of every orifice of his body. He He was in a coma. He was paralyzed on the right side of his body, and the one thing That was certain. Um, The suicide bomber that he was negotiating with in service to our country in Mosul Iraq had detonated his car and the shrapnel obliterated both of Scotty's eyes. So he would forever be blind. He would never see again. That changed our life. Mm -hmm. And it's really the day that I realized what we have to fight for. Um, And it was Mm -hmm. the day that I learned just the systems where you become a number in our government um but also the power of standing up and being a voice for those that don't have one and the the greatness of this country that the american dream is so unique and amazing here um that you can build coalitions and bring people together and i was able to be a voice for my husband and had this crazy idea that perhaps even though he was blind he could continue service to our country and took on the army and he went on and became the first blind active duty officer to ever serve our country.
0: What a hero. And what a hero you are too. And, um, Aww. and the, and the sickening irony to accuse you of opposing something like Medicare and social security and so forth, which many right. widows of many, uh, military personnel have to use and live on among other things. And, um, uh, May I ask you, can we keep you up with a break? I have a few more questions. I want to give out your site again if the people want to help you. All right. We're talking to Tiffany Smiley. She sounds like a fantastic person and candidate to me. hope the people in Washington State who are listening to this program, I hope they get behind her. We will be right back. in at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEVIN. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details.
1: Mark Levin, the funder on the right. Call in now 877 381 3811.
0: Tiffany Smiley is the Republican candidate for the Senate in Washington State. She is within the margin of error in the latest poll, neck and neck, uh, with Patty Murray. And Trafalgar has you within the uh, margin of error. And Trafalgar is one of the best polling uh, operations in the country. And so first let me just say I want to encourage this audience, not just the folks in Washington State but all over the country, to give her a hand. It's smileyforwashington.com, smileyforwashington.com. And let me ask you, uh, Tiffany Smiley, how is the fundraising going versus your opponent?
3: Yes, well, I believe I am one of the only um, Senate candidates in the country that's actually out fundraising my incumbent. I out-fundraised Patty Murray the first quarter in 2022. Um, and we're, you know, we're not stopping. We have been able to raise good money to be able to share our winning message. I like to say, you know, I am funded by the people of Washington state. We are a campaign that was built from the ground up and incredible, incredible Americans all over the United States. I believe in every, every state in the United States of America has contributed to my campaign because this isn't just about Washington state. This is about our whole country um, and, and getting it back on track and delivering results. So anyone can join us in this fight. What we are doing is holding Joe Biden and Patty Murray accountable for their failed policies.
0: And she's been part of the leadership team for forever, hasn't she? For the Democrats,
3: she has. You know, you know, Mark. I was 11 years old in this great state when she was first elected.
0: Jeez. Um, and I,
3: I would like, I would like to say that we're better off, but we are not. That is why our family is in this fight. It's country over party and service over self. And. You know, the issues that we're talking about every single day here in Washington State, they're not they're not Democrat or Republican. They're American um, issues. It's about getting crime under control, lowering the cost of living and gas prices. It's about securing our borders so fentanyl stops coming across and killing our kids, which is happening all over Washington State.
0: And yet your opponent, Patty Mary, has taken positions that are not common sense, that are not whether you you say Republican or Democrat, she's taken positions that are very, very detrimental to the people of your state. Has she spoken out against what's happened to police officers in Seattle?
3: She has not. Um, She has no plan um, for addressing that crime issue. Um, I certainly know what I can do. And first and foremost, we need to ensure that Title 42 is not lifted until we have a plan to secure our border. Um, I can ensure that, um, you know, federal grant dollars can offer 5,000 in hiring and retention bonuses to our police officers, that we actually have a message of, of protecting our police officers and recruiting good police officers um, and holding repeat offenders accountable by supporting work. Seattle City Attorney Ann Davison. I mean, these are important things. I I just had an ad um, where I was talking about crime. I was in downtown Seattle. Um, and the corporate media said I was fear-mongering. But I think it's very, very clear that I'm talking about the facts. And um, it is time for change. It just shows how scared they are um, that they're losing control. And, and what it is, you know, when we look at Patty Murray's messaging, she always says she's fighting for the progressive Democrats. I'm fighting for all of Washington state.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the first elected progressive Democrat in American history to the White House was Woodrow Wilson. And I just want to point out as a footnote, he was a racist and a segregationist. So they keep throwing around that progressive term. If people really understood what it meant, uh, mm-hmm. maybe she wouldn't be campaigning on that. Now, that said, Patty Mary, as you point out, has been there a very, very long time honestly i'm not from washington state i can't think of any major thing that she's done
3: Can she you? hasn't i mean she's just no she's a rubber stamp for the party in fact mark she's actually only passed nine pieces of legislation of the 551 that she's proposed in her 30 years in the senate
0: oh my god it's been 30 years uh, yes. Yeah. I'm dating myself here. It's unbelievable. Well, it is time for some fresh blood. I hope the people of Washington state understand it. Um, it's a tough state. You know, you've got Seattle. That's the tail that wags the dog often. But there's a lot of people that live in that state. And if they're sick and tired of what's going on, they have to send a message now. And she is the perfect message to send, that is to defeat her because she's part of the leadership. She's been there, as you point out, three decades, and the nation has not improved, and the state of Washington has not improved. So it's time to move on. That's my attitude. So if people want to help you, they should go to smileyforwashington.com. It's spelled just like it sounds, smileyforwashington.com. She's the Republican running for the Senate in Washington State, and I think you'd be great you take care of yourself and give our best to your husband too
3: i will thank you mark we're going to fight all, all the way to victory in november very excited about what we can we what we can accomplish together thank you so much
0: all right god bless you wow that's a real citizen candidate no mr producer she was a nurse her husband was horribly wounded in iraq lost his eyesight among other things and she decided to run. She's never served in any major public office. From the bottom up, she's been running for 17 months because that's what it takes. She's out raising her incumbent opponent, Patty Mary. Patty Mary Mer- Patty is a disaster. She's been part of that Schumer radical left leadership team forever. She ought to run for mayor of Seattle. No offense. She'd be better there. But... I think even a lot of people in Seattle are sick of the whole damn thing. And when you see, and you did, what took place in Seattle and the state of Washington, and that she has never defended law enforcement and police, and she's never defended law and order, and she's never defended sending people to prison and keeping them in prison, I mean, I, I what else do you need to know? The open borders she defends and all the rest of it. Of course... The newspapers in Seattle are no different than the newspapers in New York City, which are no different than the newspaper, the Washington Post, and these others. They all say the same thing, that the Republicans are are really walking a line up the racism by focusing on crime. Oh, bullcrap. And just think about the stereotype that they are inferring, if not explicitly stating, in that statement. Why, Washington Post? Who's committing the crime? Why, New York Times? Who's committing the crime? Why, Seattle Times? Who's committing the crime? To cause you to write articles like that and make statements like that. What are you suggesting? What are you suggesting? But they're grainy pictures. All right, we'll give you clear pictures. Will that make you happy? How about some honest reporting? That would make us all happy. But then again, uh, I don't believe in the tooth fairy. Except for you little kids, there is a tooth fairy, I meant to say. Oh, absolutely. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Okay, let's take some calls. James, Las Cruces, New Mexico, the great K E N N. How are you, sir? How
2: are you, sir? I feel good,
0: Mr. Levin. How are you? Very well. Thank you, James.
2: So I it. just want to say uh, real quick, um, I had the privilege to talk to Rush Limbaugh one time, and now talking to you, it's just uh, it's uh, that's really something special. I just want to say thank you for all you do, because um, and you just you just teach us so much out here, and you you give us so much that we can um, go to people with facts and um, and logic, and it just makes a difference. And I just want to say thank you so much.
0: Well, you're very very kind, James. I really appreciate that.
2: So well, thank you. My comment was you were talking earlier about an uh, article about you know, Americans having to get a second job and, and, and I'm in that world right now.
3: Huh. My
2: wife and I make a pretty decent living and, you know, the the, the money kept kind of shrinking, just like that article said. And, yeah. and my wife said, you know, what are we going to do? And I said, well, we cut back everywhere. And uh, I said, you know, I can just get a part-time job. You know, I don't mind working and putting in the work. And so I did. And and that's kind of, you know, kept us where we can still, you know, make it and, and have a little, put a little bit of money aside. And it keeps my wife staying home to, you know, hang out with the grandkids or whatever. And, and you know, so when Biden stands up there and, and came out two or three months ago and says, hey, you know, the unemployment numbers are coming down. I got so pissed off because they were coming down because people like me were getting second jobs. Uh-huh. And for him to sit up there and, and and lie and be so callous to the American people is just really, it's really infuriating. And and then the run and then the running Republicans they they either need to grow a set and step up or or, or just get out of the way for people they are going to fight for the American people. Uh-huh. And um, and that's really all I have to say about that. You know, it's just it's just really infuriating that they try to they skew everything to make it fit what they want to fit, and it's just not the real world out here.
0: Well, I want to thank you for everything you do, your very kind comments. and I know you work very, very hard, and you're the kind of people they look down on, you know, people who vote conservative, vote for Trump, make this country work, um, and it really is too bad. But I, I think we're going to push back hard this time, James, and I want to thank you for your call. God bless you, my friend. What a great guy. What a great guy. Let's go to Mark, Los Angeles, California, 870, the answer, the great K-R-L-A, go.
2: Okay, Mark, hello, thanks for taking my call. I'll get straight to the point. I'm asking about the Iran deal. The Constitution has a treaty clause Mm -hmm. whereby it says you need two-thirds of the senators. Yet nobody in the Senate, none of them, have petitioned the Supreme Court on this matter It doesn't matter that Obama did it, and they didn't do anything about it then. What matters is today. Same goes for student loan forgiveness, which is also unconstitutional. Checks and balances doesn't work without somebody being a petitioner, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Don't we need a petitioner?
0: All right, first of all, you're 100% correct. Secondly, the student loan issue has now a petitioner. I think it's Pacific Legal Foundation. The issue that you mentioned with respect to the Iran deal, uh, the only people outstanding are uh, members of the Senate. Not one senator, but a group of senators. And to my knowledge so far, not one of them has had the guts to come forward. Not one. And I'm I'm, I'm stunned by this. It's disgusting. You're 100% correct, sir. Just because it wasn't done the first time, that's not a precedent. If something's unconstitutional, it's unconstitutional. This is life and death. This is... Nuclear weapons. And it is a treaty. If this isn't a treaty, then what the hell is a treaty? I mean, I agree agree with you 100%. So where are the Republicans? We see McConnell's jumping out front for the liberal uh, change to the Electoral College uh, vote uh, in the Senate. We see him uh, uh, playing footsie with cinema. He does all kinds of stupid things. He's such a useless, phony leader. And here we need a real leader to take on Biden, to take them on. Because of what what this portends. And you've heard nothing from McConnell. Zippo from McConnell. And you've heard nothing from a single ranking Republican on any one of these committees. Nothing. Not a word.
2: Exactly. Is is this a case of, well, when we're in power, we want to be able to do the same thing, just legislate by executive action?
0: I think McConnell really is not one of us. I think he's a bureaucrat. I think he's a uh, sort of a, a moderate Charles Ford type Republican or Richard Nixon type Republican. He views those of us who stand up, you know, so strongly for every aspect of the Constitution, not just free speech and judges, which is great, but it's not enough. He just writes us off. And you cannot have a so-called leader like this who wrote off the Tea Party, who wrote off Trump, who wrote off Reagan. Well, what kind of a fool is this? And what's also interesting is how little attention the media give to this. This is a constitutional issue. Do you even hear this on news reports, sir? Nowhere. Not at all. Nowhere. And it involves a country that wants nuclear weapons. What are we going to do once Iran has nuclear weapons? It's not like you're going to expunge it from their memory hole. What are we going to do? There's another country that hates us. They will completely change the, uh, the, the uh, geography of the map, they'll completely change it in the sense that how do we respond to an Islamo-Nazi suicidal, genocidal leadership that now has nukes? They'll be able to threaten us. They'll be able to blackmail us and all the rest. Your call has been very, very important, Mark. I appreciate your call. Maybe I need to spend more time on this. I've been hitting it and hitting it and hitting it, but I got to hit it harder. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, the men and women in Ukraine and Taiwan, we salute you. And of course, we salute you, the American people who make this country work. And I believe, I believe are vigorous and ready to roll in this election. I'll see you tomorrow.